on campus in the University of Bristol Uni on air on 11:34 medium wave online via burstradio.org.uk this is burst radio hello good evening and welcome to burst news at six o'clock i'm chris ruff i'm natalie lane and i'm tom murray it's monday evening here in sunny bristol and here are your headlines the eu discusses kosovo's independence claim Northern Rock is to be nationalised. Claims of irregularities in Pakistan's elections. A terrorist planning to be head is jailed for life. And many civilians die in Afghanistan blasts. A woman is murdered on her first date. And in sport, Barnsley to face Chelsea in the FA Cup quarterfinal. But first tonight. The coming days will be crucial for the future of Kosovo, which this weekend declared its independence from Serbia. EU foreign ministers are meeting in Brussels in the hope of coming to a joint agreement on the future of the region. Most are expected to agree to Kosovo's independence, although several countries have strong reservations. President Bush, speaking in Tanzania as part of his African tour, has stated that Kosovo is now independent, but that its recognition must be guided by a United Nations-supported plan. In Kosovo itself, thousands of ethnic Serbians have been protesting today. In the divided town of Kozovska Mitrovica, Many chanted, this is Serbia, whilst others appealed for support from Russia, which is known to oppose Kosovo's independence. On the other hand, the ethnic Albanians in Kosovo have been celebrating, and fireworks were going off long into Sunday night in the capital, Pristina. The British Foreign Secretary David Miliband described this as a unique situation deserving a unique response. EU countries opposing the independence include Spain, Greece, Romania and Slovakia, for fears over international law and encouraging the breakaway movements in the Abkhazia and South Ossetia regions of Georgia. Meanwhile, in the Serbian capital of Belgrade, clashes between youths and police have been occurring throughout the day and the government has called for mass rallies against, uh, sorry, mass rallies against Kosovar independence later in the week. So, obviously, uh, on the brink of some kind of a big thing there, aren't they? Definitely. definitely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Th- thank you, Chris. Thank you. Uh, N- Natalie, did you have something you wanted to tell us about? Well, uh, yesterday the Chancellor Alistair Darling announced that the stricken bank Northern Rock is to be nationalised as a temporary measure. Although two private proposals have been put forward, including one from Richard Branson, Darling has claimed that they did not offer sufficient value for money to the taxpayer. He argued that there would be a greater gain for the public if the government holds on to Northern Rock until market conditions have improved. The nationalisation of the bank will be the first such move since the 1970s. The Shadow Chancellor, George Osborne, has said that the Conservatives would oppose plans to nationalise Northern Rock and commented, we now have the situation where the government will be making decisions on whether or not to foreclose on people's loans in a falling housing market. Ron Sandler, the former boss of the Lloyds of London insurance market, has been appointed by the government as Executive Chairman of Northern Rock and has said that savers' deposits will be secure. Sandler was previously well known to Gordon Brown, having worked for the Treasury, but today announced that all plans to save Northern Rock carry risks and there is no guarantee that they'll succeed. Mm-hmm. So still problems <laughs> for the bank. Yeah, I'm glad that's this situation sort of coming sorting to, itself out. Coming to some yeah. kind of a... Obviously we seem to have reported on it every single week resin. in the past. Yeah, um, well we've, we've reported on it. Whether we've really understood is another exactly question. Exactly what's going, going on. on. I don't think we have, but you know, at least from the sounds of it, Things are yeah, starting thing, to happen. Thing, things are things looking up. Are yeah. yeah, so I'm glad. Natalie, have you got anything you can uh, add to that discussion, that in-depth discussion we've got to go in there? No, let's carry on with the international news. I think that's probably the best. We push on, yeah. The best, yeah. So, in Pakistan, polls have now officially closed after tense elections, which it's hoped will end the country's political crisis. 
The poll was intended to be in January, but was delayed by the assassination of Benazir Bhutto last month. Uh, sorry, I think it was in December. Sorry, doesn't matter. It's hoped that this latest poll will. Talk. Thank you. It's hoped that this latest poll will herald a return to civilian rule following the imposition of a state of emergency by President Pervez Musharraf in December. There have been re- uh, sorry, there have been reports of widespread irregularities in the polling, and up to nine people are known to have been killed in election-related violence. But there have been none of the major bomb attacks which overshadowed last year's presidential election. Mm. Uh, problems with this latest latest poll have included firing on a polling station in Gujranwala in the Punjab and tribal elders preventing women from voting near Peshawar. President Musharraf, for his part, has vowed to work in harmony with whoever is elected. Many international election observers in Pakistan have complained about not being able to work freely and independently. One of them, US Senator Joseph Biden, has said that he fears instability in Pakistan if the majority of Pakistani people do not believe that the election was fair. Analysts have said that if the two opposition parties, the PMLN and the PPP, gain two-thirds of seats, then they may try to impeach the president. So obviously just waiting for the results there, but that could really, uh, that could really cause a possible mm, it's a ma- time at the moment, possibly Pakistan. major instability in Pakistan or maybe a brighter political future. Who knows? Let's hope for the latter, definitely. Is that what you're hoping for, Natalie? Of course. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Okay. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Uh, in the UK, a judge has told a terrorist who is planning to kidnap and execute a Muslim British soldier that he may never be released. Mr Justice Henrique said, So rampant are your views, so excitable your temperament, so persuasive your tongue, and so imbued with energy are you, it's quite impossible to predict when, if ever, it will be safe for you to be released into the public. Parvis Khan was today sentenced to life imprisonment over the plot after pleading guilty, and Detective Superintendent Liam O'Brien of the West Midlands Counterterrorism Unit who led the investigation, said, I strongly believe if we hadn't taken action when we did, we would be sitting here now talking about the kidnap and murder of a British soldier. He described Khan as an extremely fanatical, dangerous man with deeply entrenched views, but added that he was not a lone individual, saying, I'm convinced the plot was, if not sponsored, but definitely supported by Al-Qaeda, and that he got approval from them. Okay. okay. I'm glad so he's off the streets then. That's a good so did you, did you say it was a plan to decapitate a, a, a British Muslim soldier? Yes. All oh, right, and, and what and is so is it? What so? I so, don't know what the idea was behind the lot. All oh, right, so what was the nationality of the of the soldier who's been uh, arrested? Um, Gambian. He was Gambian. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, I've been there. <laughs> um, Great. Well, that's obviously a very complicated thing, isn't it? Yeah. We're not doing um, very well today, people, are we? No, no, not really. Well, um, at least we can say that that situation has been wrapped up. I guess. So yes. that's two, Northern Rock and this person in jail. That's good, that's two good signs at least. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're ticking boxes now, aren't we? That's so, good, yeah, yeah we're, we're, you know, so we've got conclusions. So in Afghanistan, um, at least 35 civilians are known to have been killed in a bomb blast that is believed to have uh, been aiming for Canadian troops. 27 civilians were also injured in the blast in Spinboldak in the Kandahar province, close to the border with Pakistan. This incident follows an explosion in Kandahar, itself, uh, Kandahar City itself on Sunday, which killed over 100 people, making it the bloodiest attack in the country since the invasion in 2001. Sunday's bombing hit a crowd watching a dogfight. One of those killed was a local police chief who led a tribal militia opposed to the Taliban, although they in fact denied responsibility for this particular attack. The invading forces in Afghanistan are, however, facing something of a Taliban resurgence, and 15 international troops have been killed so far this year. The Taliban claim to now have influence across the country, not just in their traditional stronghold in the south, including in Wadak province, which borders the capital Kabul. So they're really getting 
quite close to the epicenter there. Mm. Um, Do you think the situation in Afghanistan is any closer to being resolved than it was, say, two years ago, three years ago? That sort of thing? Well, it's very hard to say, isn't it? I mean, I think maybe, maybe uh, going back to 2001, the original fall of the Taliban, mm. uh, the country sort of was in some kind of chaos, but the invading forces were able yeah. to put a government in place. It was hailed as some sort of a success at first, wasn't it? But it seems like it's sort of collapsing. Well, there's a, violence there's a real Taliban resurgence there now, so mm. it's very worrying in terms of the future well, of the Well, it's country. difficult when you're the, the, the soldiers leave and they lose the impetus. Obviously, the the emphasis has moved on to Iraq and other matters around that sort of thing. So, yeah. And the Taliban are seizing their opportunity again. It just Well, Afghanistan has become a bit of a forgotten issue, really, yeah, exactly. in, light, in light of Iraq. But what's to um, stop the Taliban just gaining power again and it all being for nothing? Mm-hmm. What's to stop it? Well, supposedly the invading forces, but uh, but many local uh, many local people in Afghanistan don't want the invading forces there. But then mm. they don't want the Taliban back in power. But then you've got to ask whether whether it, whether you know the government's strong enough to hand over to them, and whether they can. Mm. It's just very very. It's just an impossible situation. It makes you wonder whether it was a should ever have they should ever invaded in the first place. Really, it does. And Natalie, are you ready with your next story? I saw you adding a little bit there at the pen. Yeah. Um, A woman was stabbed to death while on a first date with a man who she met in a nightclub, the old Bailey has heard. Carl Taylor, 27, denies murdering Kate Beagley, 37, a sales manager for British Gas in Richmond, South West London, last year. The prosecution, however, claims that Mr Taylor led police to woods where a body was found. They argued that Mr Taylor from Covent Garden in London chatted to his girlfriend Lauren on his mobile phone as he drove Miss Beagley's car with her body in the boot back through London in the early hours of the morning on the 13th of May 2007. He's claimed that he took a kitchen knife hidden up his sleeve in order to steal her car. But can't explain why he ended up stabbing her 31 times. And um, her father reported her missing. Uh, that is after. that is that, uh, accidentally stabbing someone thirty one times. That is I mean, quite. It's it's, uh, it's, it's a, quite a feat to be honest. It's a bit of a. It's quite a serious issue though. If we're honest, though, Tom, yeah. I don't think laughing's the best. I'm, I'm, response I'm, I'm really that. sorry. I'm really I also got to say, you know, next t- girls, next time you're in syndicate, you meet a guy, you think he's a nice, you think he's a nice chap. Watch your sleeves. It's a yeah, very watch your sleeves. That's a that's a very tenuous claim. Accidentally stabbing someone thirty one times. Mm. Um, I don't think no, I don't think that's what she said. I think it's what I said. But then, on the other hand, these things happen. Well, the, I can't say I've ever been in a situation so, where I've so had a kitchen knife up my sleeve and it's led to stabbing. So, is, 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 the, is the man is the man now on trial? Yes. Well, I, I suppose that's uh, another another relief, um, and uh, obviously a very very concerning issue. Into <laughs> you're trying to cover your tracks. But it's, out it's good, it's good, good, just good that some kind of resolution is being found to that. Well, yeah. it's obviously it's no consolation to the family, Tom. No, indeed, no. Indeed. Is it time for sports news? Yeah, it could be time for sports news. I thought we were having quite a good debate. Have, there, you, have, you, got a, have you got a little jingle for sports news? I do. Give me a second. Male or female voice? What are we thinking today? I think it's a female day, if we're honest. Sports news. Right, our top story today is that the FA Cup six round draw has been made, and Championship side Barnsley have have been rewarded for their stunning win at Liverpool with a quarter final tie at home to holders Chelsea. League One local side Bristol Rovers have been drawn at home against West Brom and in the only all-premiership tie, Manchester United will entertain Portsmouth. Uh, in the other contested round, Cardiff City will travel to either Sheffield United or Middlesbrough. I was actually speaking to um, Barnsley boss Simon Davy earlier via MSN and he admitted that okay. the, uh, the Tykes had, had got the, their dream draw. He said, uh, it's a fantastic draw and a fantastic achievement for us to be here and now we have a glamour tie 
as our reward. Well, they've uh, lol. He didn't know I discovered that little bit. Sorry. Yeah. It's good. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're using these new means to communicate with. Well, the maybe they, they can if they've they've got an away win at Liverpool. Maybe they can keep up this run of. Uh, Hopefully, they'll knock Chelsea out as well. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah, that'd be it brilliant. It'll be good, yeah. I remember a few years ago, I think the one year Barnsley were in the Premiership, they knocked Man United out of the FA Cup as well. Did they do so, that? So, uh, obviously, they've got a bit of a record in that, in that yeah. department. Yeah, well, hopefully they can do, do Chelsea over and then we'll have an easy path to the final. Oh, incidentally, I've just remembered that the sports news is supposed to be dedicated to Lulu Rashid. So the, there you go. So the very best to there her. There you go, Lulu. You go. She's very interested in sports, especially football. I think she's a big Tamworth fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, isn't, she, um, isn't she more of a Tom, that was a bit off the point, I think. Sorry. I don't think that's, I think, um, so how about talking about Man United's fantastic victory over Arsenal? Well, I could do that, but I could also t- ask you about... Well, you were actually at the Barnsley-Liverpool game. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. For yeah. Burst, reporting for Burst Sports, always at the forefront of this sort of FA Cup, these important matches. What was it like? What was the atmosphere like when the final goal went? It was a last-minute goal, wasn't it, it was, for Barnsley? It was incredible, yeah. Well, obviously... Um, Obviously, the Barnsley was. I, w- I was actually in with the Barnsley fans. Um, oh, we not in the press box. They, they actually put you in with the fans. No, no, no. They really wanted me to be at the heart of the. Uh, it's not exactly going to be an impartial report, then, is it? No. Well, I, I was obviously slightly influenced the Barnsley way, as the, <laughs> as, as they're a Yorkshire team as well. Yeah, okay, um, okay. But, um, I'll give you that one. Yeah. But uh, it was it was it was an incredible atmosphere. I mean, uh, I think the, the Barnsley fans at times they were actually. In spite of uh, obviously being greatly outnumbered, they um, they were <laughs> they were out cheering the Liverpool fans. Spe- okay. The yeah. cop was completely silenced. You know, it was it was just a fantastic well, day. When, we, when you win two one in the last minute with a, a, a screamer, it was a good goal, was it? Was it not? Maybe you couldn't see because of all the the jumping and people in front of you, but it was a good goal watching on TV later. It was a brilliant goal. I remember thinking, "Oh my god, I can't wait to watch the replay." And then, of course, I was watching it live, so the replay didn't come. But. Uh, but, it, it but was later on on match of the day you watched the replay yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was great it yeah. was it was brilliant so yeah great Natalie did you see the game no I'm afraid I didn't don't worry don't worry that's what Burst News is here for not everyone can go to these games that's what <laughs> that's that's our jobs I like to think we're we're providing a service don't you think I think I think you make it more exciting in the telling of offers than it probably was in the actual possibly possibly <laughs> but you know a skilled yeah skilled reporter Tom is so there you and go. in other news and in other news. I, meanwhile, was at Old Trafford to watch Manchester United demolish Arsenal 4-0 thanks to a virtuoso solo display from Wayne, Ro- Wayne Rooney and a strong performance... <laughs> Mess that one up slightly. Wayne Rooney as a st- and a strong performance from the United team as a whole. It's, a, it's too little too late as far as Man City's concerned. Well, I think you find this is the FA Cup, Natalie. Is it a and separate The league thing? is a separate matter. Sorry. I know that was a bad result, but we've come back with... Uh, we, you know, we've we've responded in the right fashion, and yeah, we demolished them four 0 Arsenal were completely outclassed and only managed to muster up one real chance, whereas United were on a fire and should have scored more. There yeah. was a there was a red card, wasn't there, Chris? There uh, was a red card in the forty eighth minute, Tom. There yeah, was. I, I was going to say early in the second half. It was forty eighth uh, minute. I don't know how many seconds exactly, but it was between thirty and forty. I'm pretty sure about that. Okay. But okay. yeah, um, it was Emmanuel Abue for a high challenge on Patrice Evra. It looked very painful actually. Really but then those sort of nether regions that you don't really want to go on the football pitch. No, no, it's not really our place. Especially with studs. Indeed, indeed. That's hopefully, that, yeah. there'll be little <sighs> Evras running around in the future. Hopefully, he hasn't been damaged too uh, terminally. But yeah. Well, fingers crossed there. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, um, so yeah, it's great to see United doing so well, isn't it, Natalie? It's lovely. If only because it makes you happy. Oh, such a oh. nice... This is great com- comradeship we have here on the Burst News. But also, I've got a bit more news for you. 
not football, you'll be surprised to hear. Oh, Chris- just just before we leave football, uh, I actually had a text off Alex Keynes. Um, Did uh, you? He was wondering if you'd got the Brighton result. Um, they didn't actually play this weekend because it was FA Cup weekend. So oh, I think are they Alex, already out? Alex probably didn't know that. Actually, I don't, I don't think actually Alex did text in, did he? All right, well, commis- I think you're making that up. All right, well, commi- commiserations to Alex there. Yeah, anyway. and also, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, there we go. But in cricket news, moving on swiftly, Australian leg spin legend Shane Warne thinks England focus too hard on the Ashes and must stop making excuses in inverted commas if they are to start winning. Uh, in an interview with our cricket correspondent. Um, Natalie Lane Warren said that England just need to get on with it and start playing good cricket he thinks we've got the talent but we need to stop chatting and stop the excuses was he Was he a, a very interesting person to talk to Natalie? yeah and he was very forceful was as he? Well. did he slam his fist on the table thus? I can see the determination you know he's got to get well I don't know why he's so passionate about England but you know he's not exactly the best advice though is it stop making excuses and play better cricket I mean, I could no. tell him to be, play better cricket. It's not. That's not. I don't think. Yeah, but this, really is, tackle the this deep, is coming from a man of great authority. I know, but it doesn't dream. doesn't really tackle the deep rooted psychological problems that English sportsmen have. Well, it's just telling him where they need to focus. Or play play good cricket. That's great advice. That. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, he's six hundred international text w- test wickets have given him the uh, the gravitas to say such a thing. Well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see <laughs> Do you know. scoring 600 test wickets. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I dedicate my life to burst news. I mean, uh, you know, I've got, you've got to make sacrifices if you're gonna if you're gonna get to the top, right? Like excuses, excuses. <laughs> Stop making excuses and play better cricket. Anyway, I've had a text from Guy Southern. Oh, really? Yeah, just well, just uh, last minute actually. He says that on burst news, especially the sports news, there's not enough equestrian news. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and that's you know, horses, we, isn't it? That is horses. Yeah, he's a big fan of horses, guy. I think. All right, okay. he's the guy. I think it is. Yeah. 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 He said, "Well, we are the people's radio station, and obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, cater to his needs. Okay. Give you a bit okay. as, as horse news. Unfortunately, though, guy, it's bad news on the equestrian front. Um, one of Great Britain's top show jumping horses, Arco the Third, will not compete at this summer's Olympic Games. Oh. Uh, the equestrian events in Hong Kong. Because um, he's been withdrawn by its owner, Jane Rhubarb. Oh, I just, I'm sorry, I just made that name up because I couldn't remember the owner. But yeah, oh, okay. she was called Jane. But um, yeah, and because it needs to concentrate on its duties as a stud. Okay. To, um, to, you know, well, to, fa- well, fair to enough. To create I mean, the Arco Four and Five, who might you know win the next Olympics. I mean, I know you feel quite strongly about this, actually. I mean, what's your <laughs> Don't smile. We, you, you. I remember before the show, you were actually making a, a big point that, you know. I think you banged your fist on the table. You were like, question, isn't it? Isn't it sad for the I British Olympic effort that our hopes are resting on such sports as equestrianism? I think we've all been there, haven't we? We've known that we should focus more on our duties. Yeah. As a stud. Well, you know, it's it's easy life for him though. There's plenty of action winging its way to Arco. That's for sure. <laughs> So any more? Uh, but bad news for our Olympic hopes, which is the main thing. But as I was saying before, don't you think it's sad that British, the Great Britain has to rely? I'm not saying that sports such as equestrianism don't have their their value. I'm just saying that you know because it's, it's so dominated by the the Americans and the Chinese or the track events these days that you know Britain hasn't got a chance really. I'm sure we've got plenty of other ent- horse entrants to replace yeah. Arco. Maybe, but you so know. any any more sport, Chris? No. Incident. That's everything. I'm okay. sorry. This is not. Uh, I was. That's all I've got this week. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Should we move on to some entertainment news? Indeed. Why not? I think that'd be a good idea. Wait. Entertainment news. 
He, he sounded quite excited. I'm excited. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. Um, well, apparently, Jude Law, Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell are all going to appear as Heath Ledger's character in the, in the film that he left unfinished, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. He was um, appearing as the role of Tony, and uh, he'd finished filming the parts that they were filming in London, but then they'd gone to Canada for the production stage where he was going to be filming in front of a blue screen, oh, right, the okay. sort of more fantasy Technological scene. stuff. Oh, right. And obviously he can't do that now, so Jude Law, Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell are stepping into his shoes and playing various aspects of the role. It's um, a fantasy film. It's cost £15.1 million. Pounds. Well, and it, it follows a travelling theatre troupe who offer audience members the chance to pass through a magical mirror to alternate dimensions. And mm. basically... Jude or Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell will play Ledger's character in the other dimensions. Oh, right. If you can see that. Sounds interesting. Oh, I don't know if that's going to translate work. well into film, but it sounds, no. it's good. It's a good way of getting around it, obviously. Because mm-hmm. obviously they will have spent a lot of money on that film already and uh, with uh, Heath's unfortunate and timely yeah. passing. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And it's obviously, obviously, obviously for, the, for, the, for, the, for the memory of... Uh, Keith, it's good to um, you know uh, to, to continue this work. You know. Are and you the, wearing nail varnish, Tom? No. Carry on. Carry on. I was, I was, <laughs> he is, by the way, listeners. But uh, anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, we're talking about um, if there's three, if there's three actors that could fulfil your role. I think Colin Farrell, Johnny Depp, and Jude Law. There's, there's no better, really, is there? I mean, if there if there was a borderline between you know good actors and great I actors. Think, I think they'd at least... Two of them would be over, definitely. I'm not sure about... Um, Colin. Colin. Colin, Colin no, yeah. no, 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 indeed. But he's, he's a good-looking chap. I think he could, he could maybe get in on looks alone. Don't you think? Are you not with me? No, no opinion, particularly. No opinion. Okay, well, you know, check that one out in cinema soon. Okay. Well, not that soon. Look forward to it. It sounds, like, film, sounds like an interesting film. I doubt I'll be seeing it, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be lots of people... Being well, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to see it. I doubt I'll ever get around to seeing it, but... um. Some things, you know, you just got to sacrifice. Yeah, okay, cool. So when, when's it out, by the way, Natalie? I have no idea. Well, they haven't even finished producing it, so I, I don't think it'll be any time soon. Obviously, maybe a year or so. Uh, moving, in, moving on. Moving in on. other entertainment news, Claxons are to perform with Rihanna at the Brit Awards. They'll be providing music to her hit song Umbrella at Earl's Court in London. That sounds yeah. good. They've described it as an electronic version with guitars on it with a twist of golden scans. Wow. Uh-huh. And uh, I've got a quote here. They said, we've spent more time on this track than any of our tracks on the album. Really? So like Obviously got their priorities right. right. I'm quite looking forward to that. I wish they could have done another song, not Umbrella. Ella, Ella, Ella. Mm-hmm. I wish that. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. I've, I've heard that one one too many times. <laughs> yeah. At, in the upstairs room of Syndicate. Definitely. And uh, on a more charity-related front, uh, David Williams will be joining James Cracknell for Sports Relief. The wow. double Olympic gold medalist James Cracknell was planning on cycling, rowing and swimming from the UK to Africa, a total of 1,400 miles, and Williams will be joining him for the swimming leg of the challenge next month. They'll be swimming the Strait of Gibraltar, which is a 12-mile stretch, and although it's shorter than the English Channel, which Williams swam in yeah. 2006, as raising, we all remember well, yeah, raising a million pounds for the charity. Was it a million? Apparently, okay. over a million. Cool. Although it's shorter, it's actually colder, rougher, and there are sharks, so it is going to be more of a challenge. But he said, I'm looking forward to getting back into the sea. And the pair have been training. Uh, they went and took an icy dip in Dorney Lake in Windsor, and Cracknell said they hyperventilated when they first got into the water because it was so cold, and after that their whole body Worse went is. numb. But oh, they're setting off that sounds like Tom swam Lake Windermere last week. Windermere? Really? Yeah. <laughs> he How did, he raised... Three thousand pounds for a, a Down syndrome charity. 
Was it, was it you didn't hyperventilate when you first went in, did you? I don't know why he's saying this. No, well, 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 no, no. I mean, I've I've got a sort of amphibian's cold blood thing, so it was yeah, fine. well, you yeah. know, it's fine for it's, it's all right if you got it, I guess. But yeah. obviously, David Williams, hopefully, he can continue his great charitable work. Well, um, Cracknell's setting off from the UK on the 28th of February. He's rowing to mainland Europe, and then he's getting on his bike and pedalling through Spain and France. Mm. Do you think that um, David Williams' career? Do you think? What do you think? This is a, a step up for him because I don't think little little, Brit, little Britain's definitely become a lot worse recently. I don't know. Mm. What, I don't know what it's new pretty. materials release is sort of relying on this sort of thing these days. It's and I'm not saying it's bad because obviously he's doing a lot of good work for charity. Yeah. But I don't little know, Britain I don't, was pretty awful by the end. Though. By the end, it was yeah, yeah dire. But I'd love I'd love to see um I'd love to see him put some new comedy work out there rather than hearing about yeah, him doing all these or bits. something a bit more intelligent and less repetitive than Little Britain well and just not not just for being famous I want him to mm-hmm. be fam- like earn his well you know, yeah earn his but I'm not sure this is something he's particularly doing uh, you know because he's famous or I think it is a challenge that he obviously enjoys swimming and okay. it is a oh, hobby enough. of his okay but if I wanted to do it I wouldn't get all the he went to he went to Bristol University yeah. did you know yes along with Matt Lucas and Simon Pegg and Darren Brown and James Darren Blunt Brown, yeah, James Blunt James Blunt he was at Wills oh, for God's Wills. sake from Wills typical typical oh, Wills. I've got a story do you have anything else you want to say you've got a story Tom yeah oh please go on um, okay <laughs> well in um, this is uh, actually I didn't there wasn't any local news this evening because it wasn't very interesting so and pa- I was talking to Patrick McGovern yesterday and he was saying that he simply loves all things local so I promised to uh, local to, news for local people Indeed, so I promised to dedicate local news to him, but, uh, but, but as there was no local news, this, is, this goes out to uh, the McGovernor. Um, so, in the Ivory Coast, in West Africa, a national dance craze has spawned a sudden black market in treatments claiming to increase the size of one's bottom. The dance has been inspired by a hit song by DJ Mix and DJ Ello called Boba Rabba, which means Big Bottom in Giola, which is a local language of... Mm. Um, nice. apparently when the song comes on in clubs you can guarantee that the floor will be packed with people shaking their behinds and even they I think, I think the correct terminology is booty or derriere no it's definitely booty I think okay even the Ivorian national side were seen using the dance in gold celebrations <laughs> at the recent African Cup of Nations although they sadly crashed out in the semi-finals to Egypt didn't they yeah they did yeah. that was gutting but anyway uh, DJ Mix has said that although both sexes have adopted the dance it is inspired by African women who are defined by the shape of their bottoms, apparently. One, one of his dancers, Kadi Mete, said that the message of the song is aimed at women with large bottoms to say that they should be comfortable, not ashamed. The message has been so adopted that many women are now in search of uh, Boba Raba. In Ajame Market, just north of the centre of Ivory Coast commercial capital, Abidjan, two... Uh, two sorry. Oh. Sorry, I've not written that real. Two dollars will buy a vial of so-called vitamin B12, which is a bottom enhancer, apparently. (laughs) And uh, you need to inject it on a daily basis for for the enhancement qualities. Is it worth it? Have you tested it? I haven't, actually. I was was in Abidjan's market, but but I was talking to a local doctor, uh, Marcel Sissoko, and he said that... Does he play for Liverpool? It's a different Marcel Sissoko. Okay. He said that such concoctions are unmonitored and potentially dangerous, and he warned against their use. Yeah. So, um, so you're going to find a different means of attaining the perfect booty. There's always good old exercise, I guess. I suppose there is, yeah. Um, How will exercising make your bum get bigger? Or if you, I don't know, it could be more muscly. I guess you're not looking for, the, you're looking for a more rounded sort of 
Well, apparently, Deep delicious show. Yeah. Well, I think we'll need to ask DJ Mix and DJ Ello for advice. Get him on the get him on the show next week. Shall yeah, we? yeah. Let's do it. I think let's that'll be it. quite easy. Actually, oh, that was a, a very good bit on this news bit of news on the side there, Tom. Thank you. I enjoyed that. Very it was well you know, general interest, really. Yeah, uh, it was good. Uh, any other news? Um, I think you've got a bit of uh, Facebook news. Haven't oh, you? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. just uh, just a bit of a quick bit of news feed. Uh, I mean, not much. What's what? Just telling you what's going on in the world of Tom Murray and University of Bristol Network. Well, Jack Williamson, that's Jack without a K. Um, without a K. Yeah, J A C. He's left the group. Anfield is Arsenal's training ground, so apparently Arsenal can no longer perform when they visit Liverpool. Okay. Amy Pickard left the group. Fred Weasley, we salute you. I'm not sure about that. That's really a bit too soon in light what? of what. Is Fred the one that dies in the book? I'm afraid so, yeah. Is it? Oh, my God. Uh, Amy, how could you? Indeed. Francis Lister and M. Smith and our friends. Very warm congratulations to them. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I could see it was coming. It was coming. Last time they met, I, I could see it was coming. And in celebrity news, Caroline Emsley, Elise Graham, Lucas Alejandro Lafoon, and believe it or not, Sash Fakra are attending Beans on Toast dubstep slash jungle madness. Okay. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah, well... I might be going as well, but I haven't put it attending on Facebook, unfortunately. Well, get in there, get in there. <laughs> get involved, definitely. Get involved. I think it's the end of the show. Yeah. It's time for finish. Do we even have time for a song? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, we've yeah, got time. We'll yeah, go yeah. Get, the re- get the reggae boys in. They need some time to get in. Okay. But yeah, thank you for listening. I've been Christopher Ruff. I've been Natalie Lane. And I've been Thomas Uri. A very good evening to you. Thank you. Good evening. <laughs>